Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with ICF certified coach and workshop facilitator, Jamie Gann. She is dedicated to helping individuals create positive changes in their lives. She has a background in positive psychology and people management and brings a unique perspective to her coaching and workshops by combining evidence-based practices with a compassionate, client-centered approach. She's got a great story. Enjoy this interview. How are you? Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Where are you coming out of? Um, I am currently um, in Houston, Texas. Okay. I I still remember it was in the late 90s. I was working for a marketing place and I, I, I landed in Houston. And I don't know if I had to mm-hmm. do a connector or if I stayed there, but I never felt heat like that. Like I walked to that airport and I was like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, it, it feels similar to, it's like, I was equally surprised. I only just arrived here, I want to say three, four weeks ago. Um, but it felt like I was in Dubai. <laughs> I was like, why is it so hot here? Yeah, well, I'm in Kansas City, so I don't have a whole lot of room to okay. talk. But um, yeah, so it it gets pretty crazy, but so, Jamie, great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out. And before we get into your life and work, what I would like to do is cover the last three years. We all lived through quite a thing with COVID. How did you get through it? And how has it changed the way that you do things now? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, So I would have to say, ooh, how did I get through it? My goodness. Um <laughs> I think there's a lot of different things that kind of come up for me. I think what I really learned throughout the whole three years was understanding when it's necessary to just allow and when acceptance is not synonymous with defeat. Um, I think that for a long time, there was this sort of mentality, um, at least in my personal experience, where it was like, well, if I'm accepting that things are not great then am I somehow giving up? And I I think I learned throughout the whole COVID experience that sometimes acceptance is just acceptance. And it's being okay with the fact that things aren't the way I want them. And also things are outside of my control. So let me just find what's good about the whole situation and focus my energy on that instead of trying to fight or resist what is. Um, And I think that's actually a big part of what has kind of fueled my work because the term radical acceptance is what inspired the name of my business, which is Radically Alive. Um, And so this idea of radical acceptance, just really fully embracing like, okay, this is what it is and allowing things to be good, even when everything else is telling me things aren't great. You know, prior to this, you know, my son's on the autism spectrum and I realized very early on, I had had an epiphany where there's so many things that are out of our control, but the one thing that we can't control is how well we love something. And that can make all the difference because there are so many factors that come into it that just alter it that you can't dictate over it. So, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. So. Let's get to the essence of what you do for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day. (laughs) And one of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? Ooh, (laughs) how would I respond to that child? I think I would say I help people 
learn how to be okay with being okay. Okay. So when you were in the third grade, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, I actually wanted to be a performer of some sort, singer, actress, something like that. I wanted to be in front of people. Um, and so, and I think that I, I've in some way become that because I do speaking. Um, but I, yeah, I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to be in front of people. So let's find out how we got here. Um, where were you born and raised and what were the seeds that were put into you to become who you are, to help others live radically? How did that happen? Yeah, that's a great question. So basically, um, so I'm born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I grew up in a very unstable, very toxic kind of upbringing. My parents had me quite young. I think they were, my mom was only 19 or 20 um, when she got pregnant, if I'm doing the math right. Um, so my parents were very young, didn't really know what they were doing. Um, my parents divorced when I was very young. I think it, I was like five or six. Um, my stepfather, who my mother remarried, was quite abusive. They both struggled with substance abuse. So it was just, it was always a mess. It was always drama. It's something that I feel like you would see on some crazy Lifetime movie. When I think back on it, I'm like, oh, wow, was that my life, really? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was very unstable, very um, toxic. It was it, There were a lot of kind of traumas and things that developed in my mind. And there was a lot of um, belief around uh, ideas like I'm not enough or I'm not good enough or good things are for other people and like the good life is not for me things of that nature. And I remember when I was very young, so often I would sit in my room and I would just fantasize about getting away. Like, what if I could go somewhere new, go to a different world, go to a different country, go to a different state, even just somewhere, something. Yeah. Um, and so I would kind of, that was kind of always my mindset, my mentality. And I think as I grew up and got into adulthood and started learning things um, like mental health, um, understanding what anxiety and depression is. That was a diagnosis I received many years ago. Um, and understanding what that means and how to kind of cope with that. I sort of started shifting into this idea of how can I heal myself and what can I do to really create this dream life that I've always wanted? Um, and how can I make that not an escape, but rather something that I'm just enjoying for the sake of enjoying it. Um, and so that kind of sent me on this quest of like personal development and healing. And I think through my personal journey of really learning how to heal and how to look at my mental health as not something to be fixed, but something to just be aware of and to learn how to nourish myself in the way that I need to be nourished so that I can just enjoy life. Yeah. Um, and that led to me, Eventually, I live, um, I'm actually a resident of Johannesburg, South Africa now. I live in a whole different country, yeah. um, but I get to travel all over the place now uh, doing what I do. And and yeah, it's just so important to me for people to know that you can be okay. Yeah. And when you are okay, you don't have to self-sabotage. It's okay to be okay. Yeah, it's that's allowed. great. Yeah, absolutely. So in, in, in all of the tumult that you've gone through and the healing, who's been kind of an anchor or a hero for you? Oh, so many. My goodness. <laughs> um, I think probably if I'm thinking, um, externally, 
one of the first influences, one of the strongest influences, at least on my journey, was actually Tony Robbins. Um, I just stumbled across one of his audio discs back in, I want to say, 2010-ish. And that really kind of got me um, going. And I have to say that my current anchor would have to be, I met him about seven years ago, and it's my current partner. Um, And he just is... Yeah, he's the best anchor. I think he inspires me daily. Um, just his perspectives on the world, the way that he shows up in his work and what he does, like he works in finance, but the way that he shows up for his clients is incredible. And like just who he is and how he takes up space in the world is very inspiring. So yeah. Right on. So if you can meet anybody alive right now on the planet and spend some time with them, who would it be? Mm-hmm. If I could meet anyone in the planet, oof. I think anyone alive right now on the entire planet. Yeah. Ah, I would say right now, I would have to say it's a toss up between Matthew McConaughey and Trevor Noah. Okay. That's cool. Because I think that they, they both have fascinating journeys and I mm-hmm. feel like we, there would be a lot that we would resonate on. Yeah. So speaking of those two, they're obviously highly motivated individuals. What's that mm-hmm. motivation for you to do your work and to help others? What what fuels mm-hmm. you every day? That's a great question. I think there's um, a couple of things that fuel me. The, the first thing is that when I'm doing the work that I do, I feel like I'm really in my zone of genius. And when I'm in that flow, when I'm in my zone, it just it's like I just want more of it. So it's like, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, people say, Oh, can you really have too much of a good thing? I think in what I'm doing, I definitely cannot have too much of this good thing. So once I start getting into my flow, I'm like, Oh, I need more. I need more. I need more. Um, and the other thing I think that fuels me is just the idea that there might be another young girl or woman out there just like me who thinks that she can't have what she wants for whatever myriad of excuses or reasons and she needs me. So I need to, I need to let her know, like everything's going to be okay. She needs to know. Yeah. What's been your best client success story so far? I think one of my best client success stories, at least it's one of the more recent ones that I can think of is a woman that I had been working with. She was feeling burnt out in her career. She had been a school teacher for, I want to say, 17, 18 years, something along those lines. Um, and she just really wanted to do something different for herself. And she didn't know what it was. She just felt like she had to do something different. Um, she had been through a couple of different relationships that hadn't worked out. She had children, but had been married and divorced a couple of times. And I think she was just feeling overall lost. And through the work that we did together, we eventually kind of uncovered a a lot of different beliefs that were really kind of keeping her in her position. Um, certain, Certain things that she believed about herself, about the world, about things that she had to do or things that she should do. Um, the way that she's supposed to show up based on what everyone, you know, family, society, whatever has taught her. 
Um, and through the work that we've done, she was able to let go of so many of those beliefs. And she's now an entrepreneur and she is also doing a lot of traveling. I've been following, um, some of her travels through social media. It's been incredible to watch. Um, but to just watch her go from being overwhelmed and burnt out and really just following the script that everyone else gave her to really uncovering what she wants and who she authentically is. Um, it's like she suddenly had this energy about her that was light and bright and it was such a beautiful blossoming. Um, so yeah, I, I think that was such an incredible thing to witness. We worked together for, um, I think it was about three and a half, almost four years. Wow. That's great. That's so a great it's quite story. a journey. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what of all the things that you've done and accomplished and overcome in your life, what are you the proudest of? I think one of the things I'm most proud of is going from someone who spent most of her days watching the world expanding around her to being a part of that world Um, and going from someone who spent so much time in my head where I was, you know, thinking about, oh, what if this, what if that, it would be great if I could do this, it'd be great if I could do that, to being someone who sees something and is like, oh, that looks like fun, I'm going to go do that. Oh, that looks like a great thing to experience, I'm going to find a way to make that happen. Um, So I'm much more a person of action now. And I think for so many years, I just never did anything, I only dreamed or thought of it. So... Everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, mm-hmm. but you run the show. What's your perception mm-hmm. of you? Who do you think you are? Ooh, my perception of me, who I think I am. I think, I, you know, I think I'm just an ever-changing tapestry of a person. I think who I am today is not going to be who I am tomorrow. And who I was yesterday is not the same as today. I feel like I'm constantly shifting and changing and sometimes I surprise myself. I'll do or say something. I'm like, oh, really? Was that me? Okay. All right. So this is who I am now. That's cool. Yeah. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the 20-year-old version of yourself, and you could give that young version mm. of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life. What would you tell that mm-hmm. young version? And would that version listen? Ooh. Would that version listen is the big one. <laughs> yes, it is. Because I feel like my my first instinct is like, just tell her, hey, everything's possible. But no, she wouldn't She wouldn't listen to that. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to give her something that she would listen to, it would be look at, look at the possibility that everything is how it is because you made it this way. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's really good. So you've traveled quite a bit. What's the one place you mm. haven't been to that you would love to see and haven't and why? Uh, you know, I really want to go to Italy. It's on my list. It's been on my list for ages um, because a lot of my family is originally from Calabria. Okay. Um, I mean, a few generations back, but but I've always wanted to go and I've been to Europe countless times and Italy hasn't made it yet. Oh, so you on have my list. to. You have, I'm, I'm my dad yeah. was full blooded Italian. I have half from Naples and the other half from Shaka, Sicily. It's okay. It's wonderful. I've been there twice. I, I had a pen pal in high school 
And we wrote for like four or five years and I ended up going out and visiting her family and they had a pizzeria that was just south of Florence. It was so cool to be out there. I went to Rome and then I was actually in the back of a water taxi on 9-11-2001 with a guy telling me, shooting his hands in the air, trying to explain what was going on. And I, I, I was backpacking. I ended, I, I, I landed in Paris on the 4th. I believe, or the eighth, something like that. And I finally made my way to Italy, but I never checked back home. And then all of a sudden I turn on the TV and here we go. It's on. So, but but it's wonderful. I mean, the way they eat, the way they celebrate things, the way they roll, it is. And everybody says it when they're in Europe, there's something about Mm. Italy that is totally enchanting in a different way from everywhere else. Oh, that's so incredible. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to finally make my way over there. I I feel like every European country in general that I've been to so far, every time I go, I'm like, it's just a different kind of life here. Yeah, Uh It's just different. And it's like when you come back to America, you realize how young we are. (laughs) It's like, Mm, oh, 200 years. Great. Yeah. You guys guys are just little babies, you know? So yeah, I do feel like every time I make it back to the States, because I'm usually I'm here at least once or twice each year. And every time I come back, as soon as I hit the airport, I'm like, oh, right. Okay. I remember this culture now. Gotcha. Uh Yep. Got to get acclimated. (laughs) So speaking of somebody that's traveled and seen a lot of different cultures and, and, and all of that, if you could go back in time and witness one event in human history with your own eyes, what would you love Mm. to have seen happen? You know, being a, a South African resident now, I think I would have loved to have been there when apartheid ended. Um, I think that would have been a really incredible thing to witness. Um, I already get to see on a regular basis sort of the aftermath and how things are progressing, how they're not progressing, how they're sort of handling the whole history and the wounds and things that have happened throughout the history of the country. Um, but yeah, like it would have been great to have been around in South Africa when, you know, Mandela was speaking and when he was in office and when all of the changes were being made and, um, the radical activism that came with that. I think it would have been a neat thing to witness. I listened to a really in-depth podcast last summer about that whole, like how he got tried and he really thought that he was going to get executed and how he ended mm. up going into jail and sticking by his guns. But can you imagine after 27 years, everything that you wanted to see happen actually did when you got out? I mean, what a weird mm. dream to wake up from. I and mean, what a great dream, but just that mm-hmm. perseverance, man, alive. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so <laughs> incredible. It's such an incredible story. And, you know, I've been to Robin Island and I've done the tour where you can see, you know, Mandela's cell and they take you through and talk about all the experiences of the prisoners. And actually our tour guide was an ex prisoner. And so he told us where his cell was and what his experience was and how that all. And it was just, it was such a humbling and like eye opening experience to, to understand like what people really go through. And like, that was quite inspiring for me as well as someone who is a dreamer and tries to make dreams come true and helps other people, you know, realize their dreams, just the, the perseverance and the, the sound, um, 
the kind of groundedness in oneself that Mandela had, like this yeah. understanding that like, no, I am a bright light. It doesn't matter that I've been put here. I know who I am and I know I can shine. Yeah. And he did it. Yep. And he changed the country. He changed the yeah. world. Changed the world. Yeah. 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 So Jamie, if anyone wants to hire you, learn more about you, anything about your world, where do they mm-hmm. go? Yes. You can find me on Instagram at radically alive. And in my profile is a link to all of my various access points. Okay, excellent. Jamie, this has been great. Thank you so much for opening up. I love the story. Thank you and best of luck with everything. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs>